Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage podcast with Greg Gregory. Join us as Greg interviews powerful thought leaders and successful team and leadership experts from across the country on teamwork, leadership, and organizational culture. Now let's check in for this week's episode. Welcome to the Teamwork Advantage. I am your host, Greg Gregory, CSP, Certified Speaking Professional. And uh, I just wanted to chat with you a little bit today. It's um, a little bit of a different um, episode, if you will. We're not going to have a guest or interview anyone this particular week. I just want to share some thoughts. And um, while I try to keep everything on our podcast very, very evergreen so that you can pick it up at any point in time and listen to it, this particular episode, I may make some references around things that have happened in my life that may date some things. And so don't get me wrong, the, the concepts are still very, very much applicable in uh, everyday life. And I just want to kind of chat about that. I'm going to try and hit two topics today. The first is about being a team member. And then we're going to talk about how do we motivate different members. And when I'm talking about motivation, I'm not talking about from the boss's side of things particularly, but about motivating each other. You know, we're still in a pandemic. We've been in this now for a solid year almost. And um, there's no sign that things are really ever going to go back to the way they were. So what I wanted to just chat about today was teamwork, team members, and one of the challenges and recently i had to have rotator cuff surgery on my right dominant arm now let's be clear i was very active when i was younger played a lot of sports but it catches up with me and um, my scapula tendon was completely removed separated my bicep tendon was almost separated so i had surgery a little over a week ago and uh the hardest thing is to understand and know who your team members are when you're going in for a surgery. Obviously, the people that come to mind are, is your surgeon. Now, several years ago, I actually did a training program in an operating room. And this, this is why this whole episode today kind of came about. I was in an operating room for open heart surgery. And in watching that episode, of everything going on in those surgeries, the plural that day, I was in about five or six of them. And I watched how the people work together. I watched the surgeon, I watched the anesthesiologist, I watched the perfusionist, the one who keeps the heart and the blood flowing through the heart while they're operating on you. And then I think there were five assistants in the room. It was fascinating to watch that team really do its thing. So that got me thinking before my surgery, what was the team like? Now, if you've ever had a surgery, you know, they always, the surgeon comes in, the pre-op team comes in, and then you meet the anesthesiologist. Well, let's just say I'm not exactly the normal kind of guy or the normal patient. So I kind of quizzed people a little bit about them. I wanted to know about them. The surgeon, of course, I had talked to several times in the office, and an orthopedic surgeon, I had met him a year or so ago when I was looking at another problem that we were able to resolve without surgery. But in this case, when he saw the MRI, he just looked at it and said, surgery. 
And I was like, okay. So we talked about what he would do, how he would do his job. And then that day of the surgery, he came in and we had a nice conversation. The pre-op nurses were there explaining what was going to happen. Now, I've been around this before, so I knew what was going to happen. They were going to give me a nerve block and regular anesthesia. Well, the anesthesiologist came in. Now, the surgeon I had talked to before, we went through a whole bunch of things about what was going to happen, and I made my choices on what I wanted. So now it's the anesthesiologist's turn. I wanted to know what kind of drug he was going to use. I wanted to know the time frame, how deep it would take me as far as into a sleep. I also wanted to know about the nerve block they were going to use. And I decided that I wanted to have a nerve block that was only a one-day lasting versus a three-day lasting. Personal choice there. We get into the um, operating room area, and as with typical situations, I'm lying there going, yep, there I go, and I faded out to sleep. I don't know, 90 minutes later, I'm coming to. And there's the crew in there now in the post-op room doing their thing. It's absolutely fascinated by watching these people. Watching them, how they worked with both me and also other patients that were coming to. Now, granted, I was pretty groggy, so I don't remember a whole lot. But I remember how they worked with me, got me crackers, got me water, got me to sit up, everything else. Of course, my arm is still so totally numb. So that's that team. Then comes the physical therapy team. Two days after surgery, I was driven to physical therapy. And we had my physical therapist actually on an episode earlier this year, or last year's episode, on the teamwork advantage. And Kelsey was talking about how to sit, how to do things at your desk. So I can't remember what episode number it was, but it's great thoughts from a physical therapist. So you might want to look that episode up. Anyway, Kelsey's my physical therapist, and she takes the sling off and starts to look at the shoulder and clean everything and put me through my paces. You see, I really didn't have a choice in all of this. I knew that the hospital would have a team in place. I knew the surgeon would have assistance. I knew there would be people watching. I knew the physical therapist would be there to take care of things two days later. So I didn't have a choice in my team there. And I had great level of trust with each and every one of them. And if you've ever listened to any of my programs or my vlogs that I've done before and been on my website, you know that trust is a huge factor. So I have a great deal of trust with everybody that was involved with my surgery and my team. I was opened up to them. I'm still in pain. I'm only a week out of surgery. I still have an incredible level of trust with my physical therapist and my recovery plan. What I want to ask you about today is this. You see, in my surgery, I didn't have a choice. I basically opened up and said, 
do what you've got to do. Now, I had a choice as far as saying, I don't want the surgery. But they basically told me if I didn't have the surgery in a couple of years, I'd have to have shoulder replacement, and I really didn't like that idea. So, I opened up and said, do it. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time on your team, especially since so many of us are still working remotely, and we're not seeing each other nearly as much, when was the last time you asked someone else for help? Let me tell you, that's brutal. See, in the surgery, that's not a problem. I turned it over to those people. I've had to rely on people to drive me to my physical therapy. And we've had some rough weather here the last couple of weeks here in the Washington, D.C. area. Nothing like they've had in other parts of the country, but we've had some rough weather. I've had to have people come and walk my dog. I've had to have people kind of come in and do things around the house that I normally could do. Kind of sucks asking for help sometimes, doesn't it? But you know, great teams are there. So don't be afraid to ask for help. In the mortgage banking business that I was in 20 years ago, I used to always talk to my underwriters when I had a difficult transaction that I was working with. I wanted to find out from the underwriter what I could, what would work, what would be the best way, what I needed to do. See, I'm asking for help from an underwriter as opposed to trying to jam something down another colleague's throat, make them take it. Ask for help, regardless of what you do. You see, if you've got vulnerability trust built with your team, asking for help and showing vulnerability is not, let me repeat that, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. That's the key factor. Allow yourself to take the help. A lot of times you don't know what help you might need. Just take it. Just take it. That's the key things. The great Wilma Rudolph said, regardless of what you do in life, someone else helps you. Don't be afraid. Help is right there. The problem is, some of us are so egocentrically driven that we don't want to ask for help. That's part one of today. I think that's so powerful. Now, when you've asked for help and you somebody helps you, and a lot of times, believe me, in my programs, I ask the question, how many people here, if someone asked you for help, would help somebody on a team? I have yet to have somebody say, heck no, I'm not going to help them. I've never had that happen. But there's so many people who say they are willing to ask for help. All I want you to do is to be open to the idea because people are there to help you. 
And as John Kennedy said, of course, a great quote, a rising tide raises all ships. That's key. That's key. So now once somebody has helped you, how do you want to reward them? You see, there's a big, big, huge misnomer. The motivation has to come from the boss. Well, first off, you can't motivate somebody who doesn't want to be motivated. We all know that. Okay, somebody has to want to be motivated. And by the way, everybody wants to be motivated. We just got to find out what it is that does it. And then there's both what's called intrinsic and extrinsic motivators. Intrinsic and extrinsic. Extrinsic is the easy stuff. You know, it's... Uh, give them a pay raise or give them a bonus for something, something extrinsic. And it's good. Don't get me wrong. These are great techniques. They work. Here's the trick, though, or the kicker. They only last as long as that motivation extrinsicity is there. In other words, if you give somebody a bonus at work, as long as that bonus is there, that's fine. It might last a week. It might last a day. It might last an hour. Intrinsic has something that lasts longer. How do we find that intrinsicity? How do we find something that's intrinsic about somebody? What is it about them? One of the questions I've always asked people is, what do you like about your job? What is it about coming to work every day that excites you? In one of my workshops years ago, I asked the question, I said, how many people here come to work every day absolutely juiced, excited, and powered hungry, just ecstatic about it? Now, this is a public seminar, and I had probably about 35 people in the program, and I probably had about two or three people who raised their hands, said they were absolutely excited every day to come to work. And I said, okay, how many people are, you know, they enjoy their job, they, they like what they do, they get paid good money, and, you know, they're happy? And a few hands went up. I said, how many people come to work and are, are tolerate their job? That's where most of the hands were. And I said, how many people come to work just because well, I've got a job and i got to do it? And then I asked, how many people hate their job? And there was one hand that went up. I never forgot this. I looked at the woman who raised her hand and I said, does your boss know how you feel? And in a bold statement, this woman said, I guess she does now. And she looked at the woman to her right. She said, this is my boss. We had a wonderful conversation that day. Found out that the woman that was very dissatisfied with her job was because she had agreed to step in on a temporary basis to help her boss out when somebody vacated. She didn't want to do that job. She was being a team player and helping out. Her boss just said, she's doing such a good job, I left her there. I never knew she didn't really like it. Once that came out, let me tell you, everything turned around. The boss had her put into a different position that she really wanted. Everybody started to thrive, and the team got better because she found the love or the passion that she liked to do. That's what we're talking about. How do we find that with somebody else? Well, here's a very simple thing, and I take this right out of my book, One Team, One Dream. 
and it's on page um, the leadership section because this book is broken into two sections the team and the leadership section so this is on uh, begins just after the Maslow's theory if you've never studied Maslow I encourage of course to go out and look at Maslow but this is on pages starts on page L48 where we start to talk about intrinsic motivators and there's something that I've developed called a my favorites book now it's very very simple all you need to do is to get a word document out just a simple document create a blank sheet of paper and ask a series of questions okay my favorite okay you might start off with my favorite chocolate okay now somebody says to me um dark chocolate okay do you have a particular brand of dark chocolate do you like godiva do you like ghirardelli okay is it lint lindor what is your favorite type of so get in depth and get them to talk about this then you might want to say what is your favorite candy that's not chocolate i had somebody one day on a program say to me there's candy that's not chocolate what's your favorite ice cream what's your favorite soft drink now it's possible somebody will say like on a soft drink none i don't like soft drinks that's okay that's okay okay you know, if somebody says Diet Coke, then you might want to say, do you like Diet Coke with lime, Diet Coke with lemon? Because there's so many versions of Diet Sodas today. So get clarity on that. What's your favorite drink that's not soft drink? Now, here's where I want to be careful. Stay away from alcohol. Okay? We don't want to go down that path. But for me, that would be, you know, Southern Sweet Tea. Or it could be lemon water. What's your favorite topping on a pizza? What's your favorite flower? Now be careful. Flower. Rose. You ask what color? Red. Be very careful about giving somebody in your office a red rose. That has a whole different meaning and you cause other problems. All I'm looking at is come up with things like that. What's your favorite fast food restaurant? What's your favorite casual dining restaurant? Any of these things. You see, and that way when Bob or Carol fill it out, they fill it all out with what theirs are. You put each of their sheets into a three-ring binder and sheet protectors, put it on a shelf where people can see it. Now, in the today's world, being in a pandemic, and remotely, put it on your share drive so that people can find it okay so that way if bob has helped me out in doing something or carol's busted her chops to finish a project for me early i can go to the share drive pull up the my favorites book find carol's page in there and see that carol likes um you know milk chocolate or carol likes uh, chocolate brownies from a fast food restaurant whatever it is and you see, then I can get that for her. See, if Carol likes milk chocolate and I go get her some really nice, expensive Godiva dark chocolate, she may look at me and say, thank you, and find somebody who likes dark chocolate because she doesn't like it. I know somebody one time gave me uh, uh, a Starbucks gift card. I looked at him and said, thank you. I had to give it away because I don't drink coffee. And I just don't care for Starbucks. And that's just a personal thing. I've given plenty of Starbucks gift cards. because I think they're a great company. Find 
what they like. It's their favorite's book. That's the power of what we're talking about. When we really think about it, teamwork really can make the dream work, everybody. I've got a lot of people helping me in my corner right now. And there's all kinds of things that I'm thinking about what I want to do for the people who've walked my dog, who've been my chauffeur. I tease as driving Mr. Daisy. I want you to know right now that you can ask for help. There's nothing wrong with asking for help on something, regardless what your project is. See, the teamwork advantage is exactly that. We're here to try and help you. Every week on the teamwork advantage, we offer you impactful ideas that you can really use immediately, such as the My Favorites book. Until next week, remember that having a good day is just being average. When you listen to the Teamwork Advantage, you're not average. So go make today an excellent and exceptional day. Bye-bye. This has been the Teamwork Advantage with Greg Gregory. To learn more about how Greg can help your organization develop a powerful winning culture, visit teamsrock.com. That's T-E-A-M-S-R-O-C-K.com. Be sure to join Greg next week when he interviews another exciting and powerful thought leader on the Teamwork Advantage. Until then, as Greg says, make sure you have a great week because a good week is just being average.